Here we go. Podcast time. Dr. Jenna Burton is live in the Zoom fair. We've been talking for 32 minutes and 40 seconds. And finally, we've turned on the theme music and we're going to do the show. (laughs) Have we got time? Yeah, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. (laughs) That's because both of us like to talk, James. This is the problem. Well, you know what? It's, It's the phenomenon of Zoom that it is ultimately just a great way to catch up because as much as I would love to sit down and have a coffee with you, you're on one side of the city, I'm on the other side. It's sometimes easier to meet this way. Now, look, the personal touch is not there, but I can still see you. We can still just have a chat. The personal touch is sort of gone anyway, hasn't it? And I used to embrace you with a big old bear hug every time I saw you. And now, you know, we sort of give each other a little nod. It's it's not the same anyway, When's that coming back? When when is it, you know, give, give people your around a hug? When's that coming back, do you think? Uh, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. Yes. I'm on it, you know, uh, and, and, you know, there'll be plenty of people that think that that's incorrect, but yeah. I feel like there's a pros and cons, isn't there? So although we're nervous about COVID, of course, and there is still a real risk, there is still deaths yeah. occurring because of COVID. There's also a huge rise in, rise in mental health. Oh, and naturally man. as humans, we are tactile creatures. We, we thrive on having that human contact. And for me, I'm definitely somebody who as an expat, as a person, a human, I like to, I'm a hugger. I'm yeah. not a kisser. I'm a hugger. Yeah. So uh, for me, I find that really, really important. So I, uh, you know, and the other person that's giving the hug, I always sort of do a little hesitation. Are they up for the hug? Are they yeah. up for taking the risk? And if they are, then then we shall embrace. See, I always wonder now when we talk about giving a hug, if you're fully vaccinated, the the potential negative impact of COVID on a hug for fully vaccinated people is a lot different than unvaccinated people. Uh, yes and no. That's definitely correct. It's, it's, that's correct for the individuals involved yeah. in the hug. So the chances that having been vaccinated, they believe, because remember, everything's still so premature. Yeah. They believe that the chances of Ben dying from COVID are almost like negligible. Right. However, I could still catch COVID. So the, the yeah. vaccine hasn't been shown to totally stop transmission altogether. And the fear is, is that you, you could then go and meet somebody else who right. isn't vaccinated, pass on COVID or even to children you know, there has there have been cases of of children getting a really nasty um, case of COVID. So you know, okay. there is there is a risk, mm. but it's at what point do we start to live our lives? Yeah. I, I don't know. And I think if someone could say, right, well, COVID's only got another twelve months to go, we'd be like, right, okay, we'll we'll knuckle down and we'll we'll, yeah. we'll you know we'll halt our life a little bit. But yeah. I, I just don't know. I don't think anybody has the answer at this stage. Oh man. Okay. Well, there we go. Well, we'll we'll just we'll keep carrying on. Do what you got to do, right? That's that's what it comes down to. Uh, we want to talk today about injuries and almost like extreme sports. So not as much, you know, the the weekend warrior, although they get a lot of injuries. But it's an interesting thing when you look at people who are you know, boxing, you're doing some boxing. Now you look at boxers, you look at marathoners, you look at the tennis players, all of these people who are at top level. And I always notice how many people drop out of competitions because they've got a knee injury, a back injury, a groin injury, an Achilles injury. They're all, you see people running, playing things. They've all got physio tape on the, the world of injuries is huge, especially in extreme sports. And it's, I, it's, it's mind boggling really. 
you know, you say extreme sports, but I actually feel like that's the case in every sport. Mm. So, and, and it's, it's not the extreme nature of the sport. It's the sport that is taken to the extreme. Ah, so I like that. For, I like that. Do you like that, James? Yeah, yeah. It's I not, came up with that deadly. It's, it's, it's <laughs> sports taken to the extreme. I like that. And, and you know who would have a lot to say on that? Kev, Kev Fitzsimmons. Okay. Yes. Because um, he's around Kevin a lot. Fitzsimmons. He's around a lot of people playing football in his, his nighttime warrior group who at least he's in shape. He's around people who are taking the sport to the extreme and they're like limping for five days after. Well, that's it, isn't it? I, you know, you said that I do boxing. First of all, I'm a terrible, terrible kickboxer. Terrible. I've done it since university and oh, I'm still probably you know better than I, I ever was at the beginning, but I really enjoy it. And I started to get involved in sparring. So I took it from training and I took it to the next level. And within seconds, because I'm so terrible, I got really badly kicked in the knees by a guy called Frank the Tank. And it was supposed to be just touch, you know, like just touching, marking out and he just oh he went straight for both my knees so in fact he did one I couldn't walk properly lay down was like come on I'm not going to be a princess here stood up again he went for the other knee that was it I I really struggled walking for a week my knees were black and my dad who in fact we were talking about earlier has always been in the mindset of you know you you do exercise you push yourself but you you don't you don't kill yourself and he just said Jenna you go to the gym to get fit you don't go to get injured and I think that's that's my mindset with sports is for the everyday Joe on the street. We want to get fit. We want to be able to keep going back to the gyms. We've got to also know when to rein it in. So we're saying fitness is great, but we're also saying, you know, unless you are taking that this is your life and your dream, then maybe most of us need to also know when to visit the doctor, get things checked out. Got a little sprain here and there. Just take it down a notch for a while. So do you think generally speaking, this is, a real big issue that people are getting out there and they don't realize really when they've hit that wall, that limit and they're, they're causing injury that, you know, could be prolonged. It could be for the rest of their life. It, you know, because they don't stop or they don't realize, you know what? I'm pushing a little too hard. I guess the issue is, is there's a lot of people that take sport quite extreme that are are at amateur level. So the professionals will be coached. They'll have doctors around them. They have sports doctors. They will consult with physiotherapists on a regular basis. They will be sure to check in for their regular massages. So though what they're doing is still dangerous, they have insight and uh, a complete transparency into what they're doing and when maybe, look, you can do this game, but you do this game, you're at risk of rupturing your ACL. So that's a common injury that a lot of footballers will get. Um, they actually can completely tear their anterior cruciate ligament. Very, very. And then very their career is over, right? Injury. At that point, if, if your what was that saying? Your career ends up being over if if you get that right. It's like no, it's not. But remember, anytime you take a pause or a time out, there's going to be a repair time, a healing time. Sometimes they can get dropped by their clubs at that stage, or they decide right that maybe it's time for your retirement, whatever you know. Um, and some people don't recover to the same extent ever. Um, however, you know we've got modern technology; is a lot easier for recovery, um, depending on the injury involved. But for amateurs, they just go out and they just keep going, and they will. You know, good, good thing about a lot of CrossFitters is a lot of extreme CrossFitters, especially in the UAE they're up really early they do these really intense workouts etc but they're not getting checked out they're maybe not going to check are they deficient in anything um they they'll 
often I've even been on forums here in Dubai and I've literally been cringing because somebody's been talking about having shin splints and they're told crack on, keep going, work through it, you know, by the, the forum that is involved. And they don't have the professionals around them to say, actually, you need to get this checked out. These are minor fractures in your in. in in your leg that you need to maybe take rest or do some other form of exercise in order to improve. So actually sometimes it's the amateur sports that can amateurs that take it to extreme level that can be even more at risk. Talk to me a little bit. One of the things that you've, you've noted in our notes is acute versus chronic injury. What are we talking about here? What do people need to be thinking about? Okay. So with any injury, it can either happen straight away. So it's an acute injury. So it's something that I've, I've bent over, maybe I've, I've torn a ligament or like a tendon in, in, in my, my back. Um, and I need to go and get that sorted straight away. It causes a lot of pain. It comes on very quickly. Um, and, and it will usually be a specific type of treatment for that there and then. Um, and that could be emergent or non-emergent. So have I done something so severe? I've caused a heart attack. Have I done ah. some, have I lifted a weight that was so extreme for me that I've passed out and given myself a brain hemorrhage? Needs to go to the hospital. Those things can away. happen. It's an emergency. The heart attack, but you can get a brain hemorrhage from lifting weights. Yeah, there was a really famous I, guy in the UK called Eddie Hall. And I, I think at one point, I don't know whether he still is, he was the strongest man in the world. Wow. And I'm sure that's correct. Yeah, because he 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 lifted a, I mean, I don't even know what it was, but he deadlifted this huge weight. And it was such pressure on his body. And it's quite common in strongman events for people to to completely pass out because of the, the the pressure on the nervous system. And that yeah, he gave himself a brain hemorrhage. And this guy's got children and you know, he's he's kind of said he'll keep doing it for a period of time afterwards. So he carried on. Um, but he also acknowledged that it was not something we think he could do forever. And I think subsequently he's moved into more fighting um, type of events. And so he's doing more cardio and got himself back into what would be considered a more normal shape. Yeah. Um, so, so you've got the emergency acute conditions. You've got the the less emergence. That could be like a, a, a rupture of a, a particular tendon or a, a nasty sprain, uh, or it could be a fall. You know, you could break um, break an, a bone that isn't an emergency. So if you broke your, your clavicle in a simple fracture, although that needs to be seen straight away, it's not like breaking your femur, which is the biggest, longest bone in the body, which causes huge amounts of blood loss um, and, and is life threatening. Mm. And then you've got Chronic, chronic injuries, which um, are very common in almost all sports. You can get chronic golfing injuries. Oh, so, t- um, golf, can be tennis, uh, hockey, football. So right, everyone, every, there's a chronic injury for every sport. It's, it's yeah. crazy. And that tends to be from repetitive strains of the same movements over and over again can cause wear and tear. People that do running very common to get osteoarthritis or patellofemoral syndrome. And on, these are just what's, from doing what's the off- same movements over and over again. Osteoarthritis, what are we talking? Osteoarthritis is wear and tear. Arthritis, very common. People get it even if they don't really get involved in exercise. And, and that's just effectively, you take the knee, for instance, which is a really common place to get osteoarthritis. The knees, um, the, the bones of the knee are rubbing against each other. Right. Normally you've got a nice, a nice cartilage to provide uh, re- reduced friction. And effectively as time goes on, that cartilage just starts to wear away and eventually you're getting bone running on, on bone. And then what happens is the the bone tries to repair itself ah. and it will actually create bony spares in places that shouldn't be there. So you actually get additional bone and it actually causes the movement to have more and more problems. So yeah, it's, um, 
not ideal, but sadly a, a consequence of life, osteoarthritis, yeah. and some people get it earlier than others. And often the more impact sports, the more likely they are to, to get it. So is that why, you know, at some point people always suggest, oh, it's lower impact, maybe bicycling, maybe some swimming and don't be pounding the pavement as much as you used to or pound the pavement on padded surfaces at least. Is that why we hear I think, that? I think that, that, that last one's what you said there, James, because even with people that do biking or other things, there are other injuries or other repetitive strain that you could be looking at. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like when we talk about sports and exercise, we often talk about how great it is. And that's absolutely true. Absolutely true from a cardiovascular perspective, from a skeletal perspective, a muscular perspective. Sorry. Whoa. 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 On today. You're doing like me. <laughs> Perspective. That was without my Invisalign in. Um, you know, it's still, it's great for all over health. Of course it is. But I feel like there's this great gray area. So it's like in the gray area, you, you know, you're absolutely doing fine. If you're over in the white, you're maybe not as healthy. But then you move to the black and it's like you've gone so far and you're doing so much as we said to an extreme level that actually you're starting to get into an area where things stop being about health and it's more about just trying to get performance at any at any cost to your health. So what do, what do we need to keep in mind? Like, I mean, as, as you and I, I mean, you do a whole bunch of sports. I do a lot less, but we, we're, everyone does a, a series of movements in their life to keep themselves fit, etc. What are the things we need to be thinking about to hopefully mitigate as much problems in the future as possible? What do we need to do? <laughs> Well, it's funny you said that I do a whole lot of sport, right? I do an awful lot less than I used to. I have three yeah. young children. And whereas before I'd go six days a week. Now, if I get if I get my three, four, I prefer four. I'm, a, I'm happy days. I'm a really happy person. But, um, some weeks I might only get to go once or twice and I, I really don't like it. Um, so I do what I can. And as much as I don't like that, I'd actually say I have suffered an awful lot less mm. being a four time a weeker and, and also like, my sessions I, I don't do back to back two hour sessions and things like that I literally do what I can in my hour my hour of babysitting um <laughs> I'd say I get a lot less I get injured a lot less I I don't take things to the extreme I'm, I, I can't be doing with getting injured or being out I don't want to have to take time out of training at all because I don't have the time I, each session's like really important to me yeah. um I'd say generally I I'm a lot more consistent I, I have the ability to be more consistent so whereas before I might I've done six days a week and it doesn't matter whether I had a cough or cold, whether I was feeling a bit ropey, I would do that session. Now I have a little bit more flexibility. And I think what I'm trying to say is be kind. And I think as you get older, you learn a little bit more to be kind to yourself. And if we can try and install that on the younger generation. Be be realistic, be realistic in what you can do in what time and how you feel and what you're getting from it. Because sometimes pushing a little bit harder isn't going to give you that benefit that you are hoping for. Whereas pulling back a little bit might actually be better. That's exactly what I was going to say, James. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) It's the fact that sometimes you don't see the longer term. So if I go today, even though, I mean, I went once, I I actually fractured uh, some ribs. Really? I dislocated my first rib. I went wakeboarding for the first and last time. And I I got up very quickly and I 
went smack on the, the, the water. I didn't want to tell anyone. I was with some guys. I didn't want to say anything. So I kept it to myself. And even though I literally had a flailing rib, which is actually quite dangerous, that was just um, mm. flailing around, I still went running. I still went training. I went to combat training. Wow. And I had this, and I had to hold the rib in place as I was exercising. Now, I, I, what on earth was I thinking? Sort of like fast forward eight years, 10 years. What on earth was I thinking about? And I think I didn't really think about the consequences. I was so adamant. I had to keep up my fitness. I had to keep up my strength that I continued. Whereas now there's no way I'd do that. I'd get a bit frustrated at having to wait and rest and recover. But I didn't have the foresight to realize I'd probably recover quicker if I just took that step back. Mm. Um, You know, that's that's what we, we don't always value is the fact that sometimes taking a shorter term step back when we have a niggle or something that's bothering us or we're not feeling very well, it doesn't mean we're never going to train again. It just means we're going to give ourselves the time to heal and recover and then get back into it a little bit quicker. And actually the recovery time is a lot less overall. I think we undervalue recovery and that whole idea of taking a little rest. I mean, I'm out every day. I I run five days a week, a couple of kilometers, maybe a little bit more, but I, and, and partially it's because of I'm, I'm taking my pet out, but I really notice that when I take that time, it's, it's a whole different ball game. If I take a couple days and I'm not out running, I, I notice the change. Yeah. Sometimes actually, if you do take a break and for instance, power lifters, big bodybuilders will sometimes take a break because it actually restores their glycogen levels in the muscle. Mm. Cause the more exercise we do, we actually do. When I say glyc- glycogen, that's our um, sugar stores and our muscle and it helps it to function when it gets fatigued. Okay. So if we take a few days out, yes, sometimes mentally cardiovascularly, it could be hard to get back into it, but actually we've, we've done our muscles a little bit of a favor. Mm. And if you speak to care, about this you'll often talk about taking what we say a deload week so say you do a program of four six weeks you then should have a week where you do like 50 percent, and you really take it down a notch now i don't take deload weeks i don't take weeks off because sometimes my circumstances sort of begets a deload week anyway that i've not really calculated or forecast so i don't i don't feel the need but but it is actually in a professional's training program to to take your foot off the pedal now and again that doesn't mean that you you know you don't exercise at all it just means that you you take it easy maybe do some yoga you do some more walking you maybe lift some weights but you do 50 percent what you normally do and just give your your muscles and your your whole system time to recover i i think yoga i was i was never a yoga person until the last couple of years, my wife had been saying, are you already into it, aren't you? Well, just this, I'm in yoga. I'm into stretching. So these long holding poses for three, four, five minutes. I, and, and I was always a naysayer always, ah, oh, this yoga stuff. Eh. Uh, you know, what was I thinking? It's like 99% women. And I'm like the only guy I said, first of all, it's great company to be in a, you know, but, <laughs> but second of all, you're holding these poses. And then the next day I, I go for a run and I'm, I'm loose everywhere. Like hips and knees are all fully stretched out. And I'm going, what was I thinking? And why wasn't I doing this when I was in my twenties? And I, and then I instantly think your dad, who's been doing stretches for like 30 years. I'm thinking if I, if I'd started this routine with muscle memory and everything way back, I'd be in a totally different ball game today. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm injured or anything, but I could be a little bit more flexible and that would have gotten me there. I'm convinced, absolutely convinced. 
Yeah. And I, I agree. I was always the same. I never wanted to give up a session that almost killed me, you know, and when yeah. I say killed as in let's work super hard all the time, every time. And I'd exchange that with maybe yoga or some stretching, something a little bit lower pace, swimming perhaps. Uh, maybe I wouldn't have, you know, some of the, the longer term problems that I have now. Like sometimes I feel like my right shoulder is up by my ear um, and my, my knees really struggle. And I, I kind of wish I'd listened to my dad when he gave advice of, look, it's all about, it's the marathon. It's, it's not yeah. the sprint. And it, it's, it's so true. And when we look at people again, we look at a lot on social media and we look at whether they're endurance athletes, they're power lifters, they're fighters, whatever it may be, you know, sometimes it's really easy to want to aspire to be these people, but you've got to remember they have made a choice an informed decision that they are willing to risk injury. They're willing to risk sometimes even long-term health problems. I yeah. mean, fighters, there's a whole type of dementia that is just for fighters yeah. um, because of some of the blows that they take to the head that they've taken an informed decision because this is their life and this is what they want to do. And if you just want to get fit and healthy, maybe you have to remember that you're not going to train exactly in exactly the same way. Mm. And, and I always think, uh, con- you know, you're talking about fighting, but concussions and the number of sports where a concussion is possible is scary. It's actually frightening. I really, I have to say, I really don't want my children to get involved in rugby. Yeah. Like I, I have, um, a lot of my friends went to rugby and I know it's sort of the sport of the upper class almost, so the, the guys that play it. And I, I believe there's a lot of camaraderie involved and it's a great sport for, for many different reasons. It's good for fitness, etc. But I really, I have a, a real fear about them getting involved in rugby. I've, I've, the amount of people I've met and they've got scars everywhere and they're wow. like, oh yeah, old rugby injuries. And as you say, concussion, it's, it's, um, yeah. it's, it's a thing that there's a lot more research going into long-term injuries to the head or blows to the head, which, you know, think about just being in a scrum, um, that what they can do to you and how it affects memory and how it affects, yeah. um, your performance from a mental state well, as and, you get older. And football, heading the ball. I mean, that's, that's the big thing, right? If you can head the ball, that, that ball is coming down at who knows what velocity impacting with your skull. And you know, the, the, the force has got to go somewhere. Well, people are getting concussions from that too. So it's James, how many times have you seen someone head a ball in football match? Maybe I don't watch enough football, but I didn't even realize that was a big, I always thought that was just, I'm doing it now. I, I don't, I, should, I, I didn't think that was I don't a know big if, thing in football. I don't know if people do it in, in professional matches as much as they do it when they're yeah. playing in high school and, you know, in those leagues. Cause I do see people doing that. But I, I mean, I don't watch a lot of professional football, but I can't say I see a lot of people doing that mostly because they're always just running up and down the field after these long kicks and things. So, yeah. Do you know, it, that's, it's funny when you study medicine, the amount of conditions and weird, wonderful conditions that everybody knows that you never, ever see yeah. the rest of your life. Cause maybe one person has it, but everyone has to learn them. It's a little bit like that. Maybe it's a skill. It's like the real cool skill to learn to head the football, but maybe it doesn't happen very often. I, but yeah, it's true. What you're saying is, is totally true though. It's, it's not a particularly safe move. Is it when it, uh, you're putting your head, your precious head up to whack a ball at speed? It's funny. I, Speaking of that, I was looking at some numbers from emergency room yeah. treatments and I, it was, it was two numbers came up. And so I po- it's in our notes. I posted this graph twice because the table didn't fit for whatever reason, but it, the, it, it talks about emergency room treatments for sports activity or equipment. And it gives the number of injuries treated. Now I think this is an American survey, but bicycles and accessories top the list followed by exercise and exercise equipment. 
It, it's funny, isn't it? Because would you ever imagine that they'd be top of the list? I saw that, James. And yeah. I also was a little bit taken aback. However, funnily enough, I would love to do more cycling, but it, yeah. it makes me a little bit anxious because I tell you what, if you fall off that bike and you're going at speed, I've seen um, quite a lot of the injuries and then really nasty, yeah. really nasty, take you out for quite a while. Because yeah. often runners will think, oh, I know I'll go on to biking because there's less contact, like you said before, there's less pounding of the pavements. What they don't realise is that you can actually have a lot more acute injuries with right. biking than you do with running because you can you can fall off the bike and go over the handlebars. Maybe you hit something else. A clavicular fracture is, is quite common for a biker mm-hmm. um, and the clavicle sort of like just around the front of your shoulder going in towards your neck. And uh, that's a really, really, really common one um, to go. It's just, yeah, really, really yeah. nasty injuries. And then, it, you know, as you go down the list, exercise and exercise equipment are, are really high up there. They had 377,000 injuries treated in the big ages for those treatments, 25 to 64, 211,000 people being treated 25 to 64 was the age group which is about that age group where you're on exercise equipment trying to show off. <laughs> but doesn't also make you think of all those people that decide to either buy something at home yeah. and they, they've never really learned how to use them. Exactly. And that's, and I think we've had the conversation a few times before. It's great to start exercising. You don't have to have a personal trainer by any means for life. You don't even have no. to attend classes. You can do stuff at home, but it's quite good to learn the ropes. Yeah. How do you hold the bar safely? How do you hold your weight safely? Yeah. Uh, how do you perform an exercise without doing damage to It's not bad. I always think I, I don't really use a, a personal trainer anymore, but I do check in with someone now and again yeah. to check that if I'm increasing weights, am I still doing it safely? Because unless you've got a tripod and you know how to do it and you're watching yourself on a regular yep. basis, it's not, it's, there's nothing wrong with just having someone just tweak you here and there yeah. and just check that, that you are safe. The form is absolutely important and we don't realize the form when we're in the midst of that, that activity. I think running and cycling and a lot of things you do on equipment, you don't realize what you're doing because you're doing it and you're, you're used to it or you're overloading when you're pushing with your legs and you're setting yourself up for damage. You need, I think, I think you're, you've got it right. Maybe start off with a trainer. You don't need the trainer every, uh, anymore. Then as things are going, maybe a once or twice or three or four times a year check in. Hey, I'm, I've changed up my routine. Do you just want to take a look at what I'm doing? Let me know that I'm, I'm, I'm in the green. And if I'm not, give me the tips to fix it. And I think that's, that's the way to do it. Also, it's it's a lot more affordable these days because you well, can you even go. film yourself, send um, the, the filming of you doing certain exercises to people online. They don't charge very much money. Just check in, is this correct? And they, they actually get quite an awful lot from that. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that people can't push themselves. Obviously, if you do push yourself, you're, you know, you're going to improve and, and people want to improve. They want to see results and your body can get used to certain exercises. It's just to what extent do you push and when do you push, like knowing yeah. the right time maybe when you are absolutely full of cold that's not the right time to push but maybe to do something lighter and just tick over you know you have to listen to your body you've got to listen to it and it will tell you there'll be days that you feel like you're flying and there are days that you just feel a bit fatigued and maybe you're not ill but maybe your body is fighting something you didn't even know about that day so what's your parting advice for folks when it comes to exercise and injury do you know what? I feel like we spend so much time on social media, even in forums like this, sometimes pushing people to exercise. 
And I stick by that. But I think exercise for life and not just for... There's actually a really good saying that that it would be great to part on if I could remember it. But it's effectively saying exercise for life and not just for a goal. So it should be a part of your daily habits and enjoy your exercise. If you're not enjoying it, then you're either going so extreme that you can't... that, That you're more likely to get injuries anyway. That you're doing something that's just not right for you. It should be something that is enjoyable. It should be an enjoyable part of your day. And with that, just get checked out every now and again and make sure you learn how to exercise safely. It's not a great parting line, James. I'm not going to lie. It's not, it's not my finest hour, but I still, I still believe in what I've said. <laughs> I know. That's awesome. Jenna, as always, this has been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing this and look, look for Jenna. Dr. Jenna Burton is where you can find her. That's her handle. Go Instagram, go Twitter. She's all over the place and drop her a line, have a conversation. And we meet here and we talk medicine and the medical world every now and then. Jenna, thank you very much. Thanks, James. I will talk to you all again real soon. Thanks for listening.